I can actually relate to Donatello on that. And maybe that's why he's my favorite turtle. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cray. Shut up. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, and joined with me, as always, is my main man, uh... Trying to come up with some kind of clever tagline here, but I got nothing. Uh, my main man, Josh Atello. Hi. Hey, how's it going, Hosehead? Oh, not bad. Not bad. You don't have to be clever when introducing me. Everybody already knows I'm a heel. It's okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and just to balance us out, we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. T here. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Feeling a lot better. Well, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, Mr. T's been uh, under the weather since what? Christmas, man? Yeah. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, we're glad you're on the mend, man. We're, we're glad you're you're feeling better and you're ready to talk turtles with us. Yeah, it should be good. So how have you guys been doing? I know it's been, uh, we've had some technical difficulties. We're actually recording in the evening um, today because last Saturday, just about two, three days ago, uh, well, today's Monday. Wow, my timeline's all mixed up. Two days ago, we tried recording and uh, just had terrible, terrible technical issues and everything. So I have a new Skype recorder, and I actually, that reminds me, I want to apologize to our listeners because you've probably noticed the last few episodes, or probably even the last six months, every now and then, like every other episode, there'd be a little, <laughs> bit, of, there'd be a little bit of skipping or something. I don't know. I, I'm guessing it was the software that I was using. See, it's, it's technical, but I was using two different types of Skype recording software at one point. I was using this software program called Super Tintin, which had its own issues that I encountered. Then I used this free software program called Amalto, which I noticed started skipping a lot. And for the longest time, I thought it was my internet connection. Well, now I'm running a new program, and I've not had any issues whatsoever, not going wood. So hopefully that issue has been corrected. I have noticed it, and I do apologize for it, and we're definitely working on that. So hopefully the quality of, at least the sound quality, will be better in our show. Everything else, well... There's only so much we can do, eh? Yeah. There's no recording yeah. that can really... There's no, like, Skype recorder that can really fix everything yeah, wrong with us. you can't fix this. <laughs> yeah. I just like how you gave a, a time frame for skipping audio between, like, 2 and 24 weeks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe you just noticed this on the last couple episodes. If not, since about 1984, this right, has been yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> no. so. Well, you know, it's... Uh... It's one of those things I noticed it was happening more frequently in the last few weeks. I did notice that. But like yeah. I, every now and then there'd be an episode uh, throughout 2017 where I'd hear that skipping. But then, you know, I'd say about five times out of ten it would it would be fine. But, you know, it just I just noticed more frequently. And then that last one was so bad that we couldn't even use it. But anyways, uh, here's to a brand new year. We're recording on uh, the 1st of January, New Year's Day. So happy New Year's, guys. 
Yay, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, it's uh, 2018. You guys got any goals for this year? Any resolutions you want to talk about? Um, I don't really believe in resolutions. <laughs> so, <laughs> surprise. But I don't really believe in resolutions. Because, oh, you like, called me in a... I was chugging some coffee. I about lost it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's just kind of like, you know... I knew just, you were going to say that. Yeah, just, yeah. I, know, I know you, Josh. I know you. Resolutions are for sissies. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, no, it's just kind of uh, like, you know, all of a sudden you're going to do what you want to do because you're you're resolving to do it. It's kind of like, no, you're either going to or you're not going to. You've already made the decision. And there yeah. is your inspiration from Joshua Work for this year. Yeah. You know, it's just, but just, why is January 1st, like, the it's day? It's a reset button, okay? That's, that's the day. Oh, yeah, I can get I can get super cynical if you want to. Can like time, is, you know, January first, the date, the date in time is like just a concept that was b- developed by humanity. You know, time is actually not a real thing. Anyway, sorry, but I don't actually <laughs> For another think podcast. That, last, that last part I don't actually believe. But you know, but it's just you know, <laughs> do, you do you, man, you do you. It's okay. Absolutely. Okay, so there's Josh's resolution. <laughs> uh, so what about you, Mister? You got any? Uh, for me, just um, just try to make Turtle Flex even better this year as opposed to last year. Um, I definitely want to <laughs> do a lot more uh, fan videos, a lot of more like fan interactivity videos. Like maybe each month, um, do like a certain theme where we do like a Q and A, and uh, I can they can just ask me just whatever whatever's at the top of their head, um, yeah. and I'll upload it. Um, also, just try not to put so much of a burden on myself, like in like in the real world. Because I know that sometimes when I uh, when I mess up on something, I kind of overanalyze, and that's just part of who I am, you know. But I I am gonna just try to just you know not not let every single thing just kind of get to me. Just you know let it just slot off my shoulder, and just um, hopefully I can get some more guests on the show. One one thing that that I would that, that I'm hoping that you know I mean I know that like we're on like a fixed schedule but one thing that I would like to do is maybe get some of like uh the fans on the show maybe do like yes. a uh, Friday and do maybe have like Mike Webb on the show maybe talk about like some of his like turtle memories or um you know uh, I know we had BJ Han but yeah definitely a lot more yes. uh like fan interaction I think would be really good for the show and yeah. uh. Uh, pretty much, uh, pretty much that. That's that's just it. And then just you know, eating healthy, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of like fan interaction, man, I was actually very briefly. I talked to Anthony Hernandez. Uh, he's a friend of ours on uh, Facebook. He's the man. He does he does the uh, the bat bomb uh, toy review guy on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He promotes our show a bunch of times uh, yeah, more than dude. Rob does. Anyway, hey, uh, that's not true. You hoser. <laughs> But I was talking to him about being on the show, and he said anytime after the new year. I'm like, okay, great. So, hey, that's great. That's awesome. I gotta find I gotta find a guy on the show that has more toys than I do. So just to make me feel <laughs> a little bit better. So, but uh, he, he's he's a for those that don't know outside of his toy review stuff, he's also an incredible artist that does a lot of pop yes. culture turtle inspired artwork. He recently did a series of sketches based on the Stone Protectors. Mm-hmm. You remember those little troll guys, like G.I. Joe trolls, basically? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I was talking to him, and he said that he'd love to come on the show, and that's, I think Thaddeus and Rob, I think both of you guys mentioned on Facebook that we should be getting more fans on the show. 
I would actually put to you guys that maybe we should only get fans on the show this year. Just be like, you know, anybody can get Rob Paulson. We're going to get TMT for life number 87 over there on Xbox. You know, we're going to get that guy. We're going to get the interviews that you would never hear anywhere else. (laughs) Uh, We have the interviews you didn't even know you wanted. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny you guys brought that up because that's exactly what I was going to say. My resolution for the show this year is to, to have our listeners on more. Um, that That is something I've really kind of felt like I've dropped the ball on. I've not been as interactive, interactive on our group pages. That's something I want to do this year yeah. um, instead of getting, you know, these, the um, – I, I still would like to get some voice actors and, and uh, kind of branch out and get some interviews when we can. But I think first priority right now is, is just to say thank you to all of the people who've listened to our show and have put up with us for this long. I would love to have you on the show. Uh, I'd love to do more of that. I'd love to do more um, promoting each episode ahead of time. Instead of just being like, "Hey, here's what this episode is," uh, you know, yeah. uh, and that way we can get a little bit more. We just thought of it an hour ago. And, so. uh, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, that's my goal is to be a little bit more interactive. Now, guys, I do want to say, and this this is even something I've I've told you guys yet. Um, I, there's a possibility that I will have to get a second job, uh, and that's just to kind of you know prepare for maternity leave. And I've been talking about it with uh, my wife for quite some time. I'd like to kind of save up for my, my kid's college and, and uh, yeah. do the, the adult thing, you know. So there's a possibility that we can't quite go weekly, but we're going to try our best to do that, to, to keep it as frequent as last year was, if not even more so. That's my goal, and uh, we're not going anywhere. I can assure you that even with two jobs, I will find a way to continue to do this because it's it's a part of – it's part of who I am, and it's a part of who we are. So, uh, anyways, right. here's to a new year. Really looking forward to this year, and look forward to doing this with you guys. So, so anyways, let me get these links out of the way real quick so we can rock and roll here. If you want to send us an email, our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, at turtleflakes. Oh, and by the way, Rob Paulson retweeted one of our tweets this week. How cool is that? Yeah, I know. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was freaking out. Uh, so that was cool. So when you when you read when you read his retweet, did you read it like in Donatello or Raphael's voice, <laughs> or was uh, it? Yeah, I I think I read him. Uh, was it uh, Pinky? He did Pinky. Yeah, yes. I think. Well, he did Yakko Warner too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess Yakko. Because that was who I heard it. In. I don't know right. why, but that, that was that was <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I was really, that was really cool. So, um, we also have a Facebook group page. It is facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. We do have a hotline, and don't worry, no one's going to pick up the phone when you call. Uh, it's just an answering machine. It is, uh, if you want to ever call us and tell us about anything you, anything you want, uh, our number is 865-309-4875. Big shout out to TMNT Entity blogspot.com uh, of course that's mark pellegrini's review website he reviews he writes reviews just about every day and here's another one of my links josh to totally tubular turtle tuesday by anthony hernandez all right <laughs> Matt, Bob, 82 uh, yeah. always check him out he's always doing fantastic toy reviews um and he's a good friend of the show so again that's totally tubular turtle tuesday just search it up on youtube and you'll find it and also we have a link in their show notes for it we are proud members of the Retro Junkies Network. Uh, it's just a network of family-friendly uh, retro podcasts, and you can check us out at retrojunkies.com. Last but not least, I've got a couple announcements here, guys. 
Okay, uh, I don't even know if I told you guys this yet. I hope I did. Richard from Partners in Crime is going to be on our show. Uh, oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah. I think not next weekend, but the following weekend, January tw- uh, 13th, we will uh, be talking with him. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. one right. of our first guests of 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also I wanted to wish, I guess, the original cartoon and the, the animators, the writers, the voice actors – Everyone involved with the original cartoon. It's been 30 years uh, since its debut, over 30 years at this point. So it's crazy to think about, isn't it, guys? That really made me feel kind of bad when I heard that, that the uh, original TV show was 30 years old. I was like, oh, God, man, I was was like five when that came out. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I was already in school. Yeah. I just, I I, I couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah, I was only... uh, one yeah oh man well um yeah so it was happy 30 years guys that's that's fantastic and i saw a lot of great videos uh i know townsend coleman did a really cool video uh just just everyone thanking the 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 community and stuff and i all i can do is echo the same for for them thank them for just having iconic voices and and iconic episodes and as a matter of fact we're going to be watching um i should have said this at the top of the show we are returning to the classic era today and we are going to be watching Enter the Fly from season two, so that's that's a pretty big episode, yeah, uh, and a pretty interesting one that we'll we'll talk about here in a little bit. All right, guys, it's about time for our TurtleCom, so uh, let's go ahead and answer the phone, eh? The TurtleCom. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come in. Hey guys, it's uh, Mike Webb here again. Just first of all, I wanted to say uh, congratulations again on 100 episodes. Hope to get. 100 more and so on. Um, one of my favorite episodes was episode 90 when, uh, you know, talking about depression and help and stuff. That really helps out. Been going through a lot lately, so it really helped out. Um, and also, I had a quick question. Um, when you guys were talking about video games the other day, if you guys could make another Turtles video game, who would be your main villain other than Shredder in a video game. Okay, well, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Wow, man. Okay, that was a good Uh, question. Hey, happy holidays to you, my friend, and thank you so much for the the kind words. Uh, Thank you for for always being so positive in the group page and for all the the stuff you post there. Man, you got a killer collection, and uh, just hang in there, my friend. And as for the question, man, I think you and I are going to say the same thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Thaddeus. He asked us if we could create a video game uh, where the where the main villain cannot be Shredder, who would it be? So, uh, so Josh, we'll we'll start with you, Jose. Well, um, I'm going to give you two real quick answers. Like one, like the obvious answer, obvious to me. It's like I would want you to. I would want whoever's developing it. You know, Telltale Games, Rocksteady. Uh, Rockstar, you know, imagine a Rockstar developed Ninja Turtles game, <laughs> uh, the makers of Grand Theft Auto. But anyway, um, I would love it if the developers took the opportunity to create a new villain, you know, to oh. create or, or a team of villains or or what have you, you know, just take the opportunity, make somebody new, uh, make them a good character that we would care about, a character that we would love to hate, and make them somebody that would be really. Uh, just like a force for the turtles to take on, you know, somebody that could really make, give them a run for their money. 
And if I could give a second one real quick, I would say Dragon Lord. You know, because nobody's oh, ever cool. done with him. You know, <laughs> Dragon Lord, because he's it, there's just so much. He's so much untapped potential. Yeah. You know, honestly, that's that that would be my answer. Those two. So. Ah, I mean, you're good, gonna. Good I mean, Shredder's gonna make his way in there anyway. <laughs> You know, because I mean, it's Shredder. Shredder. You can't do turtles without Shredder. A lot of people think you can't do turtles without Shredder. You can, but you know, he's going to show up someplace. Wow. You know, you you said two answers. I didn't think you would say. Okay, interesting. So oh, what, okay. What about you, Mister T? For me, even though he was technically in the 2014 film game, I would I would like to do maybe like a Telltale TNT game centered around like the Rat King would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what I was going to say. Rat King. I don't yep. think Rat King is just like credited enough. I mean, I know that he was in Turtles in Time, but he's one of my favorite villains, and I don't think a lot's been really done with him lately. Um, he so was I in thought... Turtles in Time as like a toy advertisement, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think maybe if they did like a like a Telltale like Team NT game and have it centered around like Kitsune and mm. um, oh yeah. King would be really cool. Maybe even do it around like the Casey and April arc where you're actually like investigating. I thought that, like that would be really cool. That'd be cool. Um, uh, definitely something with Baxter Stockman because he hasn't really been a villain since the Out of the Shadows game where he had like the uh, the three headed Mauser robot, which that, that was actually one of my favorite boss battles. Oh, um, yeah, maybe that, that was cool. Him. Maybe even do like a throwback to like where he gets mutated into a fly again, but like his appearance is just kind of like gro- like grotesque looking. Oh, like maybe be- that, that yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was thinking either uh, the Rat King, uh, and I like that Telltale idea. That's a really cool idea. And the Rat King yeah. is almost like Scarecrow from the Batman, uh, the Batman. Oh yeah. Me. Uh, you know, oh, you took you took the words right out of my head, man. Yeah, that's um, when Thaddeus mentioned Rat King. I was like, Batman Arkham Asylum. Yes, that's exactly, exactly what I was doing. thinking. You know, all the head games that the Rat King could play. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, you, you you put the Pantheon uh, characters in there. Oh, it could be so good. Yeah, because like Rat King's not even supposed to be a guy that you'd that you would be able to punch. You know, right, he's right. He's scary in a he's, completely different way. Yeah, he's the dude's a demon. How did the turtles karate a demon? You know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I was also going to say uh, maybe Karai, because really you don't see her in many video games. At least I don't. Uh, maybe some of the newer ones she's in, but uh, at least for my recollection of the older stuff, I don't think she's in any of those. Uh, video no, games. she's so, not. Yeah. And when you do see her, she's only a sidekick. Yeah, she she never has a big part or a big yeah. role. But yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, so Mike, dude, thank you so much for the for the uh, question, man. And uh, you know, here's to hoping you have a really good new year here, 2018. So yeah, man, and I, here's to hoping we have another uh, you know turtles game sometime soon. I think Telltale is oh, gonna do. I would love it too. Yeah. I would love it. I, I would. I love Telltale games. Yeah, just considering all the games that they've got, like just such a varied library, because like. Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us. They've got two Batman games. They've yeah. got Guardians of the Galaxy. Freaking Minecraft. <laughs> you know? The yeah, Batman. you know. Yeah, they got a, uh, I said they got a Jurassic Park game also. Yeah, and they've got Back to the Future. You know, there's, yeah. Wolf Among Us is their best game, in my Wolf opinion. So good, though. Such yeah. A good you know, I, I have it, and I've not beaten it yet. I've played, like, the first chapter, and... Um, I've been so consumed in the Walking Dead ones that I've not really gone back to it yet. So, 
Dude, I I would argue that Wolf Among Us is better than Walking Dead. Wow, you know? that's I mean, saying I, something because I love those games. I haven't played the other two seasons of Walking Dead, but I've only played the first one, and it's because it, like the first one ended in such a way where it was just like it was over, you know, and like I didn't need to see what happened after that, you know. It was oh, it yeah. was just such a it was such a great ending that yeah. I and that was an ending so personal to what I went through playing it. Yeah, you know, it's like it's specific. Just like everybody's playthrough is a little bit different, but like Wolf Among Us is one of those. It is so good that it's it's actually like the one Telltale game that I love replaying because really? yeah. yeah, because it's it um takes the Grimm's fairy tales and puts them in like 1980s New York. Because like they were kicked out of uh, Fable Town, you know where they're all from, and they're forced to live in the human world. Oh, that's cool! But, but humans don't know that they're fairy tale characters. They all use this uh, drug, this street drug called uh, Glamour, which is a spell that makes you look human. So, and wow. it's a you play as a guy named Bigby, who's the big bad wolf, and he's investigating a murder. He's a, a private investigator. He's he's the sheriff of Fable Town. So. Oh, cool! Hey, well, good stuff, man. I'm gonna—I really am gonna have to give it a try because Destiny Two. I'm about done with it, and I've not been all that impressed with it. But uh, yeah, it, well, it's not a bad game. It's just kind of boring. But uh, I'm still on Friday the Thirteenth, man. I'm I still all. Over. I understand, <laughs> Mister. What? 105 levels. Level 120 made oh, it this week. Oh, jeez, listen uh, to you. 120. Yeah, 120, <laughs> baby. Yeah, God, that's right. Jeez, that's a lot of. I'm coming. For you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of killing. Yeah. All right, so um, so Mike, dude, thanks for the question, man. What did you think I was going to say? You said that I said something different. Oh, I thought you, you immediately would have said Rat King. Yeah, um, you know, like Rat King was up there, but I was like, yeah, you know, Rat King, I just don't know how you could make, like, a game out of Rat King, you know? it's I could see him being, like, DLC, but, like, I don't know how you could make a whole game out of Rat King. Why? Yeah, right. And not to I, say I'm that you guys there. are wrong. But it's just like I just don't see how – I mean I couldn't do it. Oh, I, I could see like Telltale was to do this. I'd say they would go with Shredder first to be in their main villain. I mean how could you not? But if it, I could see an add-on being the Rat King or a sequel being the Rat King because I think he's you know just about as close uh, – as close as you can be without actually being on par with Shredder as far as being an iconic villain. So Yeah. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. is Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be screwed. But, uh, but anyways, guys, we are returning to the Volume 1 series of the Mirage Comics. Jeez, the Mirage Comics Volume 1. There we go. That was awkward phrasing. Uh, <laughs> and we are... Uh, gosh, we're reading a good one today, guys. And it's kind of a sad one in, in some ways for me. But yeah, we are on issue 11 here, and this one here was, let me get my show notes up, was released in, or published in June of 1987. Uh, The story, the art, the inks and tones were done by Kevin Eastman and Pierre Laird, and the letters were done by Steve Levine. First of all, really like the cover, and I love April's hair. Yeah, she's got that chair perm going on. She really does, she really does. If I could turn back time. One thing about this that I wanted to share real quick, if it's okay with you guys, I wanted to read the inside cover because, once again, I'm a sucker for 
you know, the, these little turtle track blogs, it's almost like blogs before blogs were a thing, where it's just, just one little step in time, and Kevin Eastman, I think, is, is uh, writing this. You know, it's before the cartoons come out, but only just maybe five or six months before the cartoon had come out, and it's just talking about all of Kevin Eastman's plans and everything and what he's wanting to do with Peter Laird. It's just pretty neat, so if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and read this real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's from Kevin Eastman. This is the inside cover of issue 11. Hang on, all you crazies. It's summertime. Goongala, goongala. I'm psyched. Think of it. Sunshine, beaches, vacations, and, last but not least, conventions. All the biggies, Chicago, Atlanta, San Diego, are just around the corner. Ah, remember all the fun you had last summer? Well, I vote that we all go out of our way to top it this year. I know most of the gang here, me, Pete, Jim, Ryan, Mike, Steve are attending a lot of shows over the next few months and plan to do some serious topping. Be sure to check the bottom of this and the future editorials for names, places, and dates. And I'll see you there. Onward. Now, if you read the, if you read the previous issue, you're probably wondering what kind of nut is babbling on with all this summer stuff while you're holding TMNT issue 11 in all of its winterness. Well, first, let's state the obvious. We took on too much extra work this spring i.e. the new TMNT graphic novel and the new role-playing game. Oh, so that was around this time. That's cool. And that made us late with issue 10. TMNT 10 had a story that took place on Christmas Eve, but the book shipped in April. Funny how that works. So, when Peter and I set out to tackle TMNT 11, one of the main ingredients had to be the passage of time. We wanted to catch up to our own present time and dig a little deeper into one of our favorite characters, April O'Neil. Something clicked, and the results filled the following 37 pages, entitled, True Stories. Read on. Yeah, I'll cut it off at that. But the reason I read that is because, guys, here you got Kevin Eastman, who's super psyched up, you know, talking about all these plans and everything. And yet, this will be the last time Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird actually write and draw these comic books for the next, what, 40-some issues. Yeah, until like 50 or something like that. I know. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it's like Kevin Eastman didn't even know that this would be one of the last times that they'd, they'd get to work together. And, um, boy, it's just knowing that that backstory really makes me appreciate this issue even more. Um, first of all, the last, gosh, two or three issues of the, the comic have been phenomenal. I mean, do you, do you guys remember the, the issues we read? Oh yeah, we did yeah. the uh, the Leonardo issue, and then we did issue ten. Yes, yes. Recently, we did the Michelangelo issue. Yeah, so right, right. A, uh, there, between these four issues, there's a lot of. If you love winter, man, there's a lot of it here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there certainly is. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like this is such a good issue um, and really cool at developing everyone's character, except for maybe Splinter. He's the only one that's probably not mentioned all that all that much. Um, yeah. Boy, I love this issue for so many reasons. It's it's one of the last times we're we're going to see the this kind of art style for quite some time. So, uh, so Thaddeus, um, first impressions, man. What did you think of this comic book? Excellent. I thought this was absolutely one of my favorite issues from Volume One. Um, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Start start to finish. Um, now I know that you and Josh aren't ca- caught up on the 2003 series. Unfortunately, yeah, um, not. It did change a lot. Like I don't want to go into spoilers, but they did change a lot. A lot of what was in this issue in the series. Um, the episode was mostly revolved around Leonardo. Oh, just wow. kind of like 
recovering from his injuries, which that was one thing that kind of confused me about about reading this. Is that uh, I'm not sure when this takes place. Uh, I know that I know that in the 2003 series, uh, immediately after you know they they escape from New York after the Shredder infiltrates um, April's apartment. In the 2003 series episode, it's an episode called Tales of Leah, where he's like literally in a in a coma trying to recover. So that's that's why I, I didn't know like when this issue actually took place. There's a special scene in this um, involving Leonardo, and it took me a while to realize that it was Leonardo. But I don't I don't think it was ever mentioned when like how many months or how many weeks went by after. Um, the attack on the uh, on April's apartment. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I could have missed something, but I never. You talking it. about it in the comic? Yeah, the issue that yeah. we're on is I, I was telling Rob that uh, while you were away, they did a um, the, the 2003 episode basically did yeah. this, but but instead of it being about April, it's about Leonardo. Yeah, I've seen it, that. Yeah, in the in called, the comic, it starts out because April writes a journal throughout the comic. Right, yeah. And it starts out January 15th, 1987. And then it right. ends like in May something at the end of the book. Right, they, they wanted to catch up to like the current time, you know, yeah. that they were writing them, yeah. Yeah. Which, if you, the further you read on in the, uh, like when they do Return to New York, you find out they've been in Northampton for a year. Mm-hmm. So, right. Which is, which is crazy to think about. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the last episode or episode, the last issue ended where the shredder, which was a shocker, the shredder had returned, uh, had burned down April's apartment, and um, of course, you we see that scene in the film, of course, and now we are in the recovery stages here, uh, the where the turtles have fled to Northampton, and this was was it Casey's family's place. Yeah, this was Casey's grandmother's house. This oh, farm gotcha. Monster. Yeah, because gotcha. Casey grew up. Or Casey spent summers in Northampton when he was growing up. So. Oh, okay, I got you. So issue number eleven starts out with um, April O'Neil dreaming. You know, it starts out with a very, very vivid nightmare yeah, and just kind of cool. like war nightmare for her. Uh, where I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty understandable why she's having bad dreams because like her home was her whole like her business her home everything was burnt to the ground by the foot clan mm-hmm. and so she's dreaming of like being attacked by these demon versions of the foot clan and the shredder which all look pretty cool oh they're yeah. awesome that shred that like kevin nash looking super shredder right there <laughs> um yeah coming through the floor and everything oh yeah cool. they're all like breaking through the walls and coming out the floor and then she wakes up and she walked out into the living room. She starts writing a journal. Man, there's a cat over here dying or something. <laughs> yeah. Is that ninja? Shut up. Anyway. So, but there is a... Sorry about that. I love cats. I do. Um, I, I was trying to think of a cat bomb, but I got nothing. Yeah. Old hob. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, she starts writing in a journal because she thinks that'll... You know, it's it's healthy to... Uh, write out what you're feeling, which it is. Um, mm-hmm. And she starts recounting uh, when, you know, on Christmas Day of all days, when her, Casey, the Turtles, and Splinter all drove from New York to Northampton, Massachusetts. Um, and she's 
<laughs> she's lamenting about how crappy the town is. <laughs> uh, she's like, yeah, this place is great. And Casey Jones just loves it because it's like full of nostalgia for him. Like this was his home, basically his hometown outside of Brooklyn. You know? Oh, it's great. Yeah. And then they get to this like really dilapidated, rundown farmhouse, which April even mentions that it looked nice from the road, but like the closer they got to it, <laughs> like just the dread <laughs> just came like just seeping onto her about like how bad this place was they were going to be in. You know, uh, and, and I'm glad you brought up the uh, the town and the house because, man, once again, uh, the attention to detail to some of these these shots are phenomenal. Like I'm looking at page 10 and it's just a just a overhead shot of the entire town that Casey lives in. And yeah. boy, every single building has so much detail. Every single car, uh person walking the streets. Man, it's just gorgeous artwork. And these guys don't yeah. get the credit. I mean, I have so much respect for comic book artists because they don't get the credit they deserve for all the time yeah. they put into these things. Yeah, and just it's and you know what? That's such a relatable looking. It's so weird to see like such a realistic, relatable looking backdrop yeah. in a Ninja Turtle comic. Just like something as absurd as the Ninja Turtles, right? You know, cause, like because like I've I've walked down that street before. You know, I mean, not, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in Northampton, but the town I grew up in looked exactly like this. Kind of run down, kind of gray, and just like old cars all over the place. You know, I, I know exactly what street corner that is where I grew up. Wow. And it's it's boarded up windows, everything, man. You know, sure enough. But uh, yeah, but it's and and I just feel bad for the Ninja Turtles because uh, Casey Jones and April are driving in this big old I don't know Cadillac, you know, this like just giant boat of a car, and you and they're dragging a U-Haul like hitch, <laughs> uh, and you know the turtles and Splinter are cramped in that thing. Oh yeah, it's like I feel bad, like that. You know, it's the middle of winter. You know, they're driving down the highway in that thing. Casey Jones, probably, I'm going to go out on the limb here, probably not the best driver. You know? <laughs> Taking the curves a little too quickly. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this jalopy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I got to say, the, the design of the house, too, man, it looks great. Every single window's busted up. The door's barely on. It's hinges. Yeah. Oh, man, looks looks yeah. awesome. And how how similar does the house, the farmhouse from the movie look yeah, to this house true true very similar well, i mean, the, I mean it, the the one in the movie is in a lot better shape mm-hmm. but but outside of that like the actual framework of the house i mean it's almost identical i don't know how they found that house right because i don't believe they built it and i don't know how they found it yeah oh man you want to talk about getting lucky man they, they found like the diamond in the rough just like <laughs> there's this house in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere north carolina Good. I don't know how we had the the uh, good luck of it looking exactly like what we needed it to look like. <laughs> uh, she says uh, in her journal here: "Winter remains with us. Snowed two days straight. Clear today. Leonardo's still pretty out of it. The battle tore him up. Uh, tore him up terribly in both body and mind. Physically, he has healed incredibly well, but mentally, I'm afraid he has a lot of catching up." Uh, he's always put himself in front of the rest of the guys, taking charge, breaking the extra weight, or bearing the extra weight. Jeez, i got to get my glasses, eh? Playing yeah. the big brother. When someone like that feels they've failed, they fall hard. He's recently developed an intense obsession with the surrounding forests and spends all of his time there. I hope he finds what he's looking for and comes out of this depression soon. 
We all need him back. So this is where she starts kind of breaking down what each turtle's facing here. So Yeah. Again, just like the movie. Yeah. Yes, yes. I love the movie does that. Yeah, the movie's much happier about it though. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. I mean this is a pretty dark issue, but I love how it ends. I can't wait to get there. Yeah, you got Leonardo versus Bambi's dad here. You know, that's great. <laughs> like he's he's bow hunting and this this he like literally I don't know how they came up with this, but he gets into a fight with a deer and loses. Yeah. You know, and like you hear that a lot. Like hunters actually get killed by deer. You know, like those big big bucks, whatever you want to call it, man. Just mm-hmm. like they get antlers to the face or the chest and they're just taken Oof. out. It's yeah. like it doesn't happen too often, but you hear about it almost every year. And yeah, it's crazy too. Yeah. But it's a pretty cool scene where Leonardo is tracking this deer and he lines up a shot with his bow and he rears back and he releases the arrow and he misses. He hits the tree like right next to the deer's face yeah. or head. And which you don't want to aim for their head anyway. You want to aim for the lungs, but whatever. Um, but like you see, like in, in my opinion, anyway, you see like an, a certain emotion flash across his face when he realizes he missed, and it's like he's kind of embarrassed that he missed because before he got his butt kicked by the by the shredder, Leonardo probably never missed a shot in his life. Yeah, you know, it's just that's the way I took it. Like he's kind of ticked off that he missed the shot, you know, because and then yeah, uh, this deer just kind of like throws him. Throws them end over end into the snow and everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like Shredder's got it in his head. He, mm-hmm. he can't get out of this funk now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's actually really cool about this deer is that uh, I, ju- I this actually just came to me. This uh, scene was also represented in uh, season three of the Nickelodeon series. After yeah, I was just thinking that. Leonardo, after Leonardo got like thrown through the window by Shredder or whatever, they go on this quest called the Vision Quest, and they oh, all oh yeah, like weapons and stuff, and they go they literally go on a spiritual journey. While Leonardo follows this deer, and it takes him to this mountain mountain top where he sees Shredder, and Shredder's like a hundred feet tall. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually how he defeats the Vision of Shredder. Is he actually takes a bow and arrow and uh, shoots Shredder in the eye, and that's how he defeats him. But Oh, I like awesome. just remember that, yeah, from looking yeah, at that, like, that is actually the uh, no, but that is actually the best anything that the 2012 animated series did was that whole section in Northampton. That mm-hmm. was their best. That's what really hooked me on the show was that half season. It probably was because they go back to New York. But like it, it, that was just because up until that point, it was kind of like, yeah, turtle power. OK, yeah, it's good. But, you know, yeah, it's fine. You know, just didn't hit me. And then when that season hit, you know, it's Splinter. Uh, was it? Okay, anyway, I don't want to give any spoilers away. But with, uh, <laughs> the thing with Splinter happened at the end of season three. But um, they had that fight with Shredder and they get taken down a peg. And they spend like six months in Northampton. They had the vision quest and everything. It's really, really good. And that's what hooked me on the series. And yeah, they, that was... And still, after seeing everything um except for the very last couple episodes of tales of the tmnt they really never quite captured that northampton section again for me outside of the usagi ojimbo stuff that that was really good too but like they never kind of captured that magic of the northampton stuff Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. And that's just my opinion. I I get it. Every I I know exactly why everybody loves it so much. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like the 2003 series. It's I personal get it. preference, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like that that half a season is just the best thing oh, that they did. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, um let's see. So what else happens here? We've got uh oh, the next turtle in line is I think was it Donatello? Donatello. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, cuz he's fixing the uh the windmill so they can get power for their hot water heater. Yeah, Donatello, man, you want to know what is great about Donatello. It's just like, I don't really know how Donatello became like Einstein, but like Donatello (laughs) is just like a natural tinkerer. He just loves messing with stuff. And he like, he builds a windmill. He builds a hydroelectric dam. He builds (laughs) uh, a cast iron stove and he cooks a hot water heater. He builds a hot water heater so they can take hot baths and showers for the first time and like, it's February 10th, according to April's notes here, and he is just constantly just working on stuff, just making all of the repairs around this dilapidated house, because he kind of knows that they're going to be there for a while, but I think also it's just because he just doesn't want to focus on what happened to them. Uh, that's what you I was know? thinking, yeah. Yeah, they're all dealing with, they're all dealing with just terrible stuff right yes. now, and they're all dealing with it in their own way. I was and about to say, that, yeah. Yeah, and the great thing about Donatello is just like he just he is just such a detached person. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I I if you don't identify with this, everybody knows somebody like that who just something bad happens, they just kind of crawl away into a hole for a while. And when they're well, done, they they uh are fine, like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Well, you know, uh... One one thing that I've always really liked about Donatello is he's not necessarily emotional, but yet you can tell things bother him, but he doesn't talk about it. You know, he, he just yeah. deals with it his own way. And um, actually, that's a very similar to the way I am. Like if if something's bothering me, I mean, I'll just I'll just admit it. I do something to kind of keep me busy to get my mind off of it. You know, or yeah. I I'm not brilliant like Donatello is and can you know just randomly fix a windmill or something. But yeah. you know, I do something to keep me busy, and that's just how I deal with it. My wife actually called me out on that one time. So I can actually relate to Donatello in that. And maybe that's why he's my favorite turtle. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's Cray. Shut up. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, also, real quickly, I love how he has the big full head bandana there looking like a biker. You know, I really like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Instead of just having the mask over the eyes, he's got the full head bandana there. Yeah, when you step on that typewriter. Yeah, you know, they had that. Well, the whole issue, he's wearing it like that. Oh. Yeah, but I, I like that in these early turtle books, they they did stuff like that where like they were wearing like a full head face wrap bandana, like one like there's an episode or an, uh, an issue where like Leonardo's walking around looking like a luchador just because he's got this big <laughs> bandana over his face, and it's like man, it's just like you want to talk about you know next mutation having bad mass and everything. It's like man, it started here, you know, come on, <laughs> right there, issue eleven, issue eleven. Actually, issue nine, because they all wore those those big bandanas across the head. They all wore them in that issue. <laughs> that was a Kevin Eastman beer layered thing. Yeah. See? See, yeah. fans? It's all there. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, a good deal. Um, and then Donatello, you know, he's, he's mysteriously just typing on this typewriter. And what's interesting is we never quite find out what he's typing until oh, I wrote it down here. Volume 2... Um. Oh, Tales of the TMNT Volume Two, Issue Thirty Three. 
which came out in wow. April of 2007. So Jeez, that's, whoa, that's like a 20-year gap. Man. It's crazy. <laughs> you can just imagine Jim Lawson just like racking his brain for 20 years and being like, what the hell did Johnny write? <laughs> It's got to be good. Yeah, it's got to be good. Yeah, so. It's got to be like quantum physics and stuff, right? <laughs> He's actually creating his role-playing game, so. Oh, that's it. What it, what it was is he was writing his own animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever do you actually know what the, what he was writing? Ah, uh, personally I don't know. I I have to read that issue. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I wish I did. <laughs> I really want to get into those 2000s era Tales of the Team and T stuff because that stuff looks so good. Oh, and I might, from what I've read, I love them. I might, I might just do that later on this year. That'll be my next uh, collecting project. Ah man, well yeah, I, I, I'm excited to hear what you what you think of them. Yeah. So, so Thaddeus, you want to describe a couple scenes here, man? Uh yeah. Uh, on this next scene, this is uh, actually Michael. It took me a while because I thought this was Raphael, but it's actually Michelangelo. Um, well, they all look like that. <laughs> and it says it says February 26, 1987 Michelangelo worries me the most Mike who could find a joke in just about any situation doesn't laugh much anymore except for some half-hearted goofing around with Casey and Raph he's almost painfully uh, solitary lately it's so unlike him but then all of us seem to have a need to be alone these days uh, has what happened made us unable to be close? I don't know. Mike's, uh, let's see, Mike's chosen a back section of the barn for his section. Uh, cleared a lot of junk out and created a little uh, workout space. The other day I happened in on one of the sessions. He is already over the edge. And he is just going ham on this punching back <laughs> I mean, this, this is right out right out of the like okay in in the movie i heard that there was actually a mistake whenever whenever Raphael was on top of the roof yelling i heard that it was actually supposed to be michelangelo because you see his nunchucks oh um, wow really oh yeah, really? actually an error um but i heard that i could be wrong but i think they swapped it to where Raphael was punching the punching bag, and then Michelangelo was on the roof yelling "Splinter," but it was Raphael's voice. I could uh, be wrong. Okay. Well, well, that is Michelangelo. That's Michelangelo punching the punching bag in the movie. I was movie. gonna say, I'm pretty sure because I always thought that scene was weird. Yeah, right. Okay, it, I mean, it, it, the it's, it just like the comic. I mean, it, it it that shouldn't be Michelangelo, but it is. You know, right, right, yeah. The IDW comics, where I think there was that one issue where Michelangelo just told Raph just to knock off, you know, fighting all the time because he was just sick of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than this, that was the only other time that I've seen Michelangelo, you know, just like snap because you, you know, you think of Michelangelo, you think he's like the most laid back of all the turtles, but then you just see him in this, in this panel, and he's just, you know, breaking a workbench with his foot and he's literally punching holes in the side of the barn and just getting so angry. I mean, even on that bottle, that bottom panel, you see him like, and he's like almost kind of foaming at the mouth. It's just not something you, you really see in his personality. So it's almost kind of scary to see him like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, it's a change of pace for, I mean, that's for, it's for all of them, you know, because they, they show a definite shift in between each turtle, you know, I mean, like if you look at, I mean, for instance, let's 
look at something like issue two, you know, where they first meet April. Like, they're all pretty close to the archetypes of the turtles that we know. Like, there is, outside of the violence, there's very little distinction between, in my opinion, I might be wrong, but there's very little distinction between the turtles of issue two from the Mirage books and the first episode of the cartoon, where they are just cracking wise all the time, and they're not... They're not really convinced that they're in any danger. I mean, these little robot mousers, what are they really going to do to us? <laughs> and, but then you go back to, to this issue here, and it's just like they, they've changed. Like something significant happened to them, you know, which it did. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, one, one thing I find fascinating is Raph, out of all of them, you know, he kind of seems... Not content, but like focused. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, he's yeah. doing like this meditation on top of the roof. Um, I, and... I love that shot by the way, with with the the moon in the background where he's just standing there. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, that full page. He's keep guard. Yeah. Ah man, it's gorgeous artwork, man. Yeah, because what April describes is him uh, going to bed last. He's the last one to go to bed, and he's the first one to wake up. And he just is constantly patrolling the farm area, the the wooded area, right, to make sure that they don't get ambushed again. And he's, I mean, he, that big panel, that big splash page of him walking with the moon behind him. He says, "All quiet on the front." I mean, he's just, he's keeping guard over everybody. He's not going to let anything happen to his family again. They're not going to get the drop on them again. And and you and, know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because in a in a way, I think he's kind of taking Leonardo's role. You know what? Yeah, you know, I mean, they they kind of switch back pretty quickly after this yeah. issue, which I think is kind of, I don't want to say it's a detriment because I didn't write the thing, you know, but <laughs> I, it would have been cool just to see them diverge from their their chosen roles, you know, their their set roles as, as the Ninja Turtles, you know. It almost would have been a... Uh, what is it? Rise of the TMNT kind of situation where Raphael, the meathead, is now the leader and Leonardo's kind of just there now, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I do love when he's on top of the barn and he's like practicing, he's doing like the backflips and he stops. He does that last backflip like right in front of the, the lightning rod and lands just like an inch in front of it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, he's just practicing his flips because what else are you going to do at 4 o'clock in the morning on top of a barn in a snowy village? <laughs> um, I mean, if I could do that, I would be backflipping everywhere. But yeah, I just, like, so. <laughs> but, and then and then it moves to Casey Jones here. And this is, I, I'm going to keep talking about the the parallels to the 1990 movie. It's just, like, th there is a reason why that is the best. Com I would argue that that is the best comic book movie ever. You know, fight me. You know, but oh uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, but like it, it goes to Casey Jones and April's monologue, and she says, "I'm pretty sure that there is a decent, sweet, uh, competent young man underneath that nine-year-old that is that that you see <laughs> all over the place." And I was just like, "That is almost word for word what she says in the movie about him." It's, it's so funny, and he's working on the jeep with. In this, it's Raphael. And is it Raphael? Yeah, it's Raphael. Oh, I thought it was Donnie. Movie, wow. No, in the movie it's Donatello, but in the in the in the comic here it's Raphael. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Casey, she uh, April says Casey spends all of his time with Raphael fighting and doing uh, projects. 
doing projects, as they say. Usually more damage. What next? And this is them working on this old uh, Willie's Jeep. And, of course, Raphael doesn't know how to drive. But <laughs> And so he actually puts, he puts the Jeep in gear and blows through the barn and takes out the windmill that Donatello built. Um. But one thing that's great is they're just, again, from the movie, you know, they're just going, you know, they're doing the alphabet game, just like trading insults, starting with A and going down the alphabet. <laughs> and they're even having the Gilligan's Island argument where the professor and Marianne get married. And he's like, no, Gilligan was Marianne's man, you know. He's like, whatever, Gilligan's uh, a geek. <laughs> <laughs> you're the geek, gack face, you know. <laughs> you're expecting the Adams family. <laughs> oh, man, there was a prime opportunity. I can't believe I missed it. You were expecting maybe someone else? No, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then the next scene's pretty powerful. So poor April, she she's uh, I guess she did she not know where she was walking, or did she just intend to walk on the ice like that? Or you know, we haven't had any action at all in this comic. We got to do something, right? Oh, okay, right. so poor April, April's she's, gonna die. So. Yeah, she's walking on ice here. Uh, and you know, then, it, it actually kind of makes sense. April's a city girl. She probably wouldn't uh, notice true. walk on this frozen lake you know because kind of stuff like this happens to me all the time here because i live in like the very very deep country in minnesota and nicole all the time will be outside walking she'll be like don't step there you'll die you know (laughs) oh i didn't know that i didn't know that thanks for saving my life that hole there there's a there's a grizzly that lives in there you know (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and just like stuff like that happens all the time around here so i can totally understand why she did this but it's just at first it's very shocking. Wow. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. April's dying on page twenty-seven. Okay. Right. Yeah, and then uh, Leo saves her in a very, very cool way. Uh, he gets his one of his katanas out, gets the robe that he was wearing. I guess anchors the robe to the bank, and then uses the other end of the robe, hangs onto that to pull April out. I know that was confusing the way I described that, but I know uh, man. It's- <laughs> it's crazy though. Like at first, I didn't realize what was going on. I was like, "Oh wow, he did it that way." But, yeah, he uh, anchored himself so he wouldn't fall in with her. You exactly. know, so and if he did, if he did, he'd have a way of pulling himself out. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. Like if you've ever fallen into icy waters, like when you're underwater, you cannot tell where you are, like because you won't see the icy hole that you came in and everything, because it's all just ice. Yeah, and it just all looks like one thing. So it's like close your eyes and look up at the sun. That's kind of like what it looks like. So. Oh wow! This happened to you? Yeah, no, nowhere near this, nowhere near like that deep or anything like that, and oh, a long time ago. So, but you know, so. <laughs> well, gosh, well, I'm glad you're okay, Jose. Yeah, well, you know, like it was like early in the winter, so the ice was still uh, pretty thin. Mm-hmm. So when I just all I did was I, and it was shallow enough water, so I just kind of got somewhat secure footing and just kind of <laughs> sat up, and I just broke through all of it. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I solve problems. I just run into it until it goes away. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, so th- so this is the one scene where um, April's kind of healing up, recovering from from the fall, and that's kind of when Splinter takes over and he helps train the turtles. You know, at, at first they were all dealing with this grief individually, and then by the end of the issue, they're all starting to work together. You know, teamwork here uh, yeah. to <laughs> start, I guess, building that cohesive unit again. And, yeah, um, we all put on some holiday weight. We got to go work it off. Let's go. <laughs> That's uh, going to be me. Yep. New year, new you. Come on. Here we go. <laughs> Thaddeus, Thaddeus, you got a good eye for detail, man. Have you yeah. seen Splinter at all in this issue before this page when 
April's recovering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, there you go. I didn't know. I I thought this was the first time you saw Splinter. So. Oh. Oh Sorry. my God. God. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. Yeah. Like a fanboy's tail on wall or something. I think before then you see Splinter and the. Yeah, you see, you see Splinter whenever Leonardo gets thrown through the window, because he's one of the first people that come up to him and ask what's wrong, and then he says, "We have to get him out." Oh, oh, or do you mean like in this issue prior? I think. No, no, no. In this issue, we're talking about. Have you seen Splinter at all before this page? Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Huh. Yeah. No, first time, yeah. Because I remember like reading this, and I was thinking, not. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even notice that I didn't notice Splinter. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh yeah, hey, Splinter's here. Hey, group's all back, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, and I, I love the now. This last part here is is pretty powerful. So the turtles are all working together, and April yeah. she um she's still continuing her uh, journal here, uh, and this is I think her last entry. So this is what it says: May first, nineteen eighty seven. I can't believe it's been over a month since I fell through the ice and even longer since we picked uh, up this journal, since I've picked up this journal. Wow, this is small. I almost didn't this time either. It all seems <laughs> to mean... cursive so- too. I know, it's killing me. I got. I should have brought my glasses. And it all seems to mean so little now. All right, I, li- I really like this. I started this book to rebuild all that I had lost in the, in the fire. I guess after my midwinter swim... I realized how little my life, uh, my lifelong accumulation of possessions had. Uh, I thought I was, I thought I was all I had in this world. Not true. I've got me, and I've got memories. I also have friends, real friends, that I care for and that care for me. I'll always be there for them, and they for me, and we have each other. We are a family, one. This will probably be my last entry. I guess I just wanted some kind of final word. Sort of wrap it all up. What I had written so far. Life is good. And life goes on. Yeah, so the the turtles are out meditating with uh, Splinter. Splinter kind of reiterates the whole lesson. to The same lesson that April learned. Where he says that uh, just as April chose to take us all into her life. She knew there would be changes. And I believe that April has gained more by her choice. Uh, gained more by her choice than she has lost, and I believe that she knows this. Life and she and he says life is good and life goes on. Mm. So have two different ways of getting to the same point. Yeah, it's really cool, and That's yeah, it. and just more beautiful artwork. Or just like trees are just some of the hardest things to draw. And he drew a whole forest in here, man. Yeah. I do not know how they did this, but then you see the next day, you know, the morning comes. April is woken up by the turtles and they have breakfast in bed for her. And they're like, good morning. Hey, breakfast is served. They all, Michelangelo is dressed up like a waiter, just up like a maid <laughs> at a restaurant. You know, he's got the bow tie and the, the, the big white handkerchief over his arm, you know? Ah, it's awesome. Yeah. And then I think, uh, uh, is it Raph that has the roses behind his back? Probably, yeah. I don't. I, they're all. They all look like Raphael to me. I don't know. So just, you know. Yeah, it's great. And, and I'm just going the colored plastics, so they've all got the red bandanas. Oh, so. nice. Well, just going back to that page thirty-seven too. I just love that whole page for the progression of time. You know, you got the night, you got the sunrise, uh, and yeah. again, it's kind of just a metaphor for the whole book, really, or the whole message of the book that 
life is good and life goes on. You know, there's a beautiful yeah. shot here and we, we go from, you know, night to day. And I just, uh, man, what a cool story. And and going back to that whole theme of life is good and life goes on, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if Eastman and Laird subconsciously, I don't know, you could apply that to their work with the Turtles too because they would get busy doing other things and this would kind of be their departure for quite some time before coming back to the comic book. And it just seems so fitting, you know? Uh, did they ever mention why they took such a long hiatus? Because after issue 11, like, it's basically like an anthology series until they come back. It's just like, it's not, there's not too many things that connect anything else. Well, I, th- you know? I th- my guess is, and I'm just kind of going off of maybe what Jim Lawson might have said, but I think yeah. that was actually a little bit later. He said that they were so busy with the licensing part of it, and maybe, I don't know, I, I think with the cartoon, with all the merchandise that was coming out, I mean, this yeah. was... They are right on the cusp of becoming huge. I mean, it, we're we're months away from the big kind of explosion with the turtles. Um, yep. So, yeah, just like at this time when this came out in newsstands, like this was when they were doing the meetings with Playmates. You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah because like that that first uh, season of Ninja Turtles came out like the third week of December. Like every day was a new episode mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. during the Christmas break in December. You know, for the for the toys and the season two to come out next, uh, the, the following like September or something like that. That's right, and uh, I just think maybe with everything else, I guess maybe they had to deal with the licensing stuff, the merchandising stuff, and they just didn't have time to dedicate hours to creating these books anymore, at least together. So, uh, right. oh man, it's uh, kind of an end of an era in a lot of ways uh, because we won't get these two together till issue 50 it's crazy but yeah. uh, for me guys i'll just go ahead and lay it down i love this issue so much <laughs> the the, yep. the art the storytelling this is just as good as the last one and i thought the last one was one of the best ones we've read so far so i'm like dang i don't want to give it a, i don't want to keep giving these tens but there's really not much else i can say this is just a wonderful comic book if I had one gripe, it would be that Splinter didn't get too much time. But how can you fit them all in a thirty-page book? You just you just can't. Um, so I, I say this is as good as it gets for me. I give this one a ten as well. Man, you know I would say like this is a really good ending to like. Yeah. There's if you're going to pick any if you if you want to get into the Mirage books at all. Okay, there's there's five, but there's like six books you really need to read. What you need to read is you got to read uh, issue number one, the first issue. Read issue two, introduction of uh, April O'Neil and the Mausers. Read the Raphael issue, introduces Casey Jones, mm-hmm. and then well, there's yeah seven issues, and then start <laughs> with issue, and then go to the Michelangelo one, the Leonardo one shot, issue ten and issue eleven, and that tells like this weird kind of connected great crazy amazing storyline of the turtles meeting their two best friends they're run out of their home and then they're chased down by the foot clan and they're ran out of new york but at the end of it they know they're going to be okay yeah you know? life goes on and i would have to say that this is like a nine for me it's almost a 10 you know because you know, outside of outside of you being told what turtle you're looking at, 
how do you know what turtle you're looking at? And that's just because, you know, red bandanas and black and white and me being a dumb guy. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a 9 out of 10 for me just because of the little artistic things like that. But really, it's just like this issue is just a great bow on top of a long-running storyline yeah. that was kind of told in pieces here and there when they could get there. And it really, even though probably like one of my top five all-time uh, storylines being returned to New York, uh, which came out in like issue, it was started in issue 19 and went through issue 21, kind of, kind of uh, undoes what this issue is, you know, yeah. for me. Where Raphael all of a sudden is angry again, and Leonardo doesn't want to do anything, and you know, anyway, um, it kind of undoes it. But like, just don't worry about that. This is a great issue. This is one that you deserve to have in your collection. So. Yes, I'm with you. What about you, Mister T? Uh, for me, it'd be a ten. This is excellent. This this really tugged on, on my heartstrings a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. This was this was just a really. Not only was it a good April issue, it was a good turtle issue about how, you know, how each of them are dealing with the problems of, you know, being defeated, uh, uh, you know, a different way. Each turtle has their own way of dealing with it. Um, I thought it was really interesting, the whole sort of spiritual aspect of Leonardo and, and like, the deer. Uh, It was really... yeah really almost kind of shocking to see Michelangelo lash out the way that he did. Um, but I think, I think, you know, all of them coming together, you know, April writing that, you know, she has a family, like a true family now was just really, really touching. And for that, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. I thought this was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Well, good stuff guys. Uh, I've, I've absolutely love this comic. I totally agree. This should be one in your collection. This is, this is, Ooh, doesn't get much better than this one. I'm telling you what. But, uh, but guys, um, oh, that actually reminds me. I have an extra copy of this. So, like I said, if you want one in your collection, um, I would be happy to send one your way. Um, to, to any listener that gives us any kind of feedback, whether it be um, positive, constructive, whatever whatever it is, we would love to hear from you. So if you wouldn't mind, the the biggest way to help us out is just, just writing us iTunes reviews. Those... Those are the the easiest ways to help showcase the show. iTunes, Apple has their own kind of crazy algorithm, but the more reviews you get, the more Apple actually af- advertises your show. Anyways, just just a, a random review on iTunes, or say if you don't have an Apple account, if you just want to send us an email saying, uh, you know, one thing you'd maybe love to hear, or one thing you like about the show, one thing we need to work on, whatever it is. It is January 1st. Uh, I will give you guys till... Uh, I guess the cutoff will be the end of this month. I will uh, randomly draw from a hat from whoever gives us a little bit of feedback. Uh, and I'll also put some other goodies in there. As a matter of fact, my metalhead figure still... Uh, the person I, I tried to reach out to, I think it was Mighty Matt 84 who wrote us a review a long time ago. We never, we never heard from him, so we'll, we'll just reopen it. And um, we'll do it for the end of this month. So I have a copy of Issue 11, Metalhead I'll send to you. And uh, a couple other goodies that I find around the house. So, um, that'd be awesome. All right. So, guys, you want to go ahead and watch uh, Classic Cartoon? Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, Raph, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. 
So guys, we are back to the Fred Wolf cartoon because we're in the classic era here. And uh, this is a good one. And what's interesting about this episode, this is Enter the Fly. It is from season two, looks like episode seven. And this first aired on November 12th of 1988. Uh, it's only about... I, I, I feel old because I would have just been one year old. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. you guys suck. Uh, I was going to say, how do you feel about that, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, and what's, you know what's interesting with, uh, thing about this episode, guys? It's not on YouTube, or at least uh, I could not find it on YouTube. It took it down copyright. Oh, I actually, okay. I, they, they're, uh, Viacom, Viacom every now and then, depending on their fair use like thing like how youtube does that or whatever because i actually youtube this and they took it down yeah um yeah. So it isn't on youtube unfortunately i think you can still find it on like uh hulu yeah uh, oh, I okay. well uh, okay i'm sorry because i was just i was just about to say i i looked it up and i found it on youtube right here but it, this is actually return of the fly yeah the sequel to enter the fly well yeah. i'm out i can't I watch can't it hold. so Oh, no, that's okay. I've, I've got another website that's got it. Okay. No, well, what I was say was I actually how to go into my DVDs and pull out the episode. Oh, okay. Well, uh, just in case um, you want to – I've got a link here for a website, and it looks pretty legit. It doesn't look uh, scary or anything like that. Uh, it's called dailymotion.com. I'll send you guys the link right now. The, the reason I actually thought that it might have been taken off of YouTube because a lot of the other episodes are on there – is the fact that it references the Twin Towers a lot. Um, oh, yeah, I wonder if that had that, something to do with it. I, it would be, I, I'd be curious I, to I see. think that was a, a controversial thing that they did for a lot of cartoons, actually, because I know that Men, uh, Men in Black, the series, there was, an, there was actually an episode where uh, J and K were actually like in this, like I think it was like they were like, in this airplane or something, oh. and they are there was this alien that took control of the uh, took control of the cockpit and was actually making it crash, and it almost crashed into the twin towers. Oh my goodness! It didn't, and well, this was before it happened. Yeah. Um, and so they actually, I think, they cut that out of like the DVD because they they released season one DVD like a few few years ago, and they took it out just because they didn't they didn't want it that to be like controversial like they said it have nothing to do with the writers or anything yeah. it just you know when when that happened you know that they had to do that for a lot of cartoons so sure enough well yeah i wonder if that has something to do with it but uh well uh all right guys so uh, i'll provide a link in the show notes for this episode if you want to follow along with us uh but we're gonna go ahead and click play i actually remember first of all i, I do remember this uh particular episode I think I got it on a VHS tape. As a matter of fact, somebody from our group page uh, said that this was actually a bonus episode on the VHS copy of Case of the Killer Pizzas. And I didn't know that. So that's really cool. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's what it is. Because I think I had told you guys one of the first episodes I ever watched was Case of the Killer Pizzas. But I wonder if it also came with the one that had uh, Rex 10. Because yeah, I remember maybe. seeing them around the same time, but I don't remember being lended two two VHS tapes. But who knows? But uh, but anyways, uh -huh. guys, um, we'll go ahead and click play in five, four, three, two, one, and click. 
Wow, that's loud. I better cut that, that down. Loud. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Yeah, sorry. You have to bless you guys out. This is still just the coolest opening. Uh, I know. It's just the greatest. You know, Max, there's there's so many videos on like YouTube that are just collections of animated uh, series theme songs. Yep. And this is just the best one. You know. <laughs> this one's almost too good because I would argue that the animation is not quite this good. Really? Yeah, it's not quite as detailed as you see here, which was part of the course because, like, Thundercats is glorious uh, compared to its theme song. Like, it's not up to the same quality. Oh, um, yeah. You know. And the fly. Well, at least I got the, the turtles right there. Well, that's supposed to be Michelangelo. We all know that. What do you suppose Shredder's up to this time? So they're on the turtle blimp here, the glider. Oh, wow, they're right to it. Yeah, yeah okay. right there. There's Baxter. What's taking so long? Couldn't be ready in a second, Master. You know, I just kind of felt bad for Baxter in this issue, or this episode. Dude, every episode, man, Baxter just gets a raw deal. This yeah. So I remember, now I vaguely remember that Baxter was trying to create some kind of force field between the towers. I like how Shredder and Baxter are there out in the open. <laughs> Midday. At like 11.30 in the morning, yeah. <laughs> and the turtles too, by the way. I mean, how, <laughs> how does no one see them? I know, flying in their giant, giant blimp, blimp that says turtles on the side. <laughs> <laughs> they vanish quickly in the night. But he ran off before we could discover what. All we know is it had something to do with the Twin Towers. Sooner or later, he will reveal his plan. Sooner <laughs> just had a microwave pizza. He was meditating with it. This turtle is Mondo hungry. Ah, oh, Townsend Coleman. Ah, oh, gosh, I love this. His voice for this. You said a mouthful. Oh, there's a Rob Paulson mix up there. Oh, you imbecilic incompetent. Thanks to you, I now have to crawl before that painful bag of. Whoa, wait a minute. Something must have happened. How did they get there? I don't know. How did they get on a trash barge? I think <laughs> just... <laughs> must be crying now. The shredder here. This is pork chop intercom. Krang always looks like he's laughing when he's on this thing. Very humorous. Well, have you disposed of those annoying amphibians yet? There's been a setback. Thanks to my miserable excuse for an assistant. Enough! Ah, uh, Crank's not going to put up with that. I need more help. Send me Rocksteady and Bebop. Maybe Brawn will work where brains have failed. I'm sending you both back. <laughs> I love Rocksteady just standing there. Duh. <laughs> just, got, <laughs> just got his mouth open. <laughs> But the interdimensional energy balance is very fragile. Oh, interdimensional the energy, energy. I guess force field. They're trying to. I don't know what they're doing with this force field. They're always trying to come up with some kind of portal. I have the perfect candidate. Good riddance to bad rubbish. 
Oh, look how he slung poor Baxter with one arm. Thanks, boss. Uh, I had enough to eat anyway. Thanks for rescuing us, boss. <laughs> I love that wooden sword that Rock City has. They don't, they don't trust him enough with a real knife. <laughs> Give him a wood one. Well, I like this little pot belly sticking out. What do we do now? I'll strike at their weakest point, April O'Neil. All right, so Shredder's going after April. Uh, April O'Neil? That's me. I've got a flower delivery for you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's the uh, Gazai plan. I remember this. I don't know, Irma. Somebody grabbed it before I And I like how Irma's like, oh, it's from me. It's from my boyfriend. Poor Irma. It has such a strange fragrance. Do you suppose it's from the turtles? I keep telling you know who Irma always reminded me of Janine from the Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, yeah, like this is her sister or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're related. Uh, the cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. To April O'Deal. Excellent. Man, I'll tell you what, Shredder, he's built. Shred I don't know why Shredder has any problems taking out the Ninja Turtles. So you see, I know. <laughs> just wouldn't work out. We're from different worlds. Like, he just lifted up Bebop and Rocksteady with one in each hand. Like, there's, there's <laughs> no way he needs them. No! They slung Baxter into a portal with one arm. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Well, they, you jerk. they sent me this gorgeous plant, and while it's I love rather, Splitter's I reaction here. don't think... A Doku plant? April, listen to me. Did you inhale the blossoms? Why, yes. Like I said, it's a lovely fragrance, but... Oh. oh, oh uh, I like how it just hits her right strange. there. <laughs> April. Meanwhile, in Dimension X... I always like that shot of uh, the Technodrome when it zoomed in on it like that. Yeah. I always love that, that uh, music too. <laughs> so this is directly a spoof off of the Fly movie, right? Yeah. I thought so. Mm -hmm. So like really, I mean like, him mutating into a fly was an accident. Like, what would they were like trying to vaporize this poor guy? Yeah, I know. You know, like they basically just put him into an oven. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and they made him grow a tie. <laughs> right. So you know, at the time, at the time, guys, this is the. It's funny how things are so different from my. I guess, people that are our age. Uh, our perspective, mm -hmm. you know, we grew up on the cartoons first, um, yeah. whereas, you know, some older fans, they only knew Baxter as the Baxter from the comic books, the diabolical, um, uh, he was a black scientist, where in this, mm. he he's white, he's kind of wimpy. We're back, Master Splinter. He, he mutates into a fly. It was so different. I wonder why David Wise went this way with Baxter Stockman. It just kind of makes me wonder. Well, there's there's like two problems with that. One, like four people knew about you know Baxter Stockman from the comics. Let's be honest. There were like three people, you know, and he was in one issue. And but and, but honestly though, 
when they did concept art for Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, when they did uh, concept art for Baxter, they did a white profile of them. And so they probably, I, I wasn't there, but they probably just thought we did it one way, let's do it a different way. You know? Sure. Yeah, I would like mm-hmm. to think that it was that simple. I really don't want to think that we can't have a black person on a kid's Oh, cartoon. gosh, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to think that. Like, you know, it was 1980-whatever. Yeah. And I, I also want to amend what I said. It wasn't um, uh, David Weiss who wrote this. It was Michael Reeves and Bryn Stevens. Yeah. I apologize. And that. plus, you know, with as much input as Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird had on especially this early part of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm sure if they didn't approve it, it wouldn't have gone through. Right, you know, right. In my opinion. So, so what do you guys prefer? Do you like do you like oh, the Baxter like- this uh, this way, or do you like um, the Baxter say from IDW or the original volume? Oh man, that's tough. Or you could even go with uh, volume two and four, where he's a son of a gun. You know, I I really like this. I, I man, it's like apples I really and like- are so different. Yeah, so hard. Um, I do like this Baxter. Um. I think this is just me personally because I know that you know uh, I, I talked about this before the the third uh, the third film in the Michael Bay trilogy isn't getting made but man I would I would have loved it if uh, they actually decided to mutate Baxter because he failed Shredder and the third film was actually centered around Baxter Stockman getting back at Shredder yeah that that's where they were planning on going kind of. So, huh. I mean, uh, what's his name? Medea, as like, and that they were going to mutate him into a fly in that movie. As far as, like, favorite version, uh, I actually really do like the IDW version. I like how he he's starting, like, he, he I, well, I thought that he was going to get mutated into a fly, but then he started to make, like, those, like, uh, giant, like, fly robots called, like, the Flyboards. Flyboards. Yeah. 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 Like, go after the turtles. I thought that was really cool. You know, you know what? what I, th- oh, sorry. I think the IDW one is is my favorite one, but like I, this one is such a relatable character. This version of Baxter, because like uh, he is just a guy who got just ridiculously unlucky. You know, and that happens. <laughs> that does happen sometimes. Not like this, but I mean that happens. People get unlucky sometimes. Right. See, I'd love, I, I'd love to have like the best of both worlds. Maybe a mutated Baxter, but he's really, really smart and menacing and competent and uh, confident. Uh, right. And almost, you know, slimy like, um, I don't know, just like a gross insect. Why? Yeah, right. Exactly. Just, just you know, finds a way out of every sticky situation. No pun intended. But. Uh, yeah, right. I, I think uh, I think I'd love to have like maybe the personality of Baxter from the IDW and Volume Two mm-hmm. with this body. <laughs> I would love it if too. Like you could do so many different things too. Like I would love it if like his mutation was something for whatever reason it was something he could control. Oh, that'd be Whereas, cool. Like, he could just turn into the fly when he wanted to. Like, okay, I got to fight. I'm gonna need the proportionate strength of a fly and just turn into it. You know, and like that's like his Spider-Man slash. <laughs> you know, I think that'd be really cool. That would be cool. And I think that would fit with IDW. I think yeah. they could make it work. So here are the turtles covertly going into this. Uh... What is even happening right now? 
<laughs> so they're they're supposed to find this uh, this plant that uh, can treat the poisonous fumes of the what do you call it Doku plant. And I think I called it a Gizai plant. That's the plant they're actually looking for to heal it. And they just happen to get. <laughs> oh, that was good. Say goodbye to your Gizai. Well, say goodbye. <laughs> I like how they still pay for it. They don't just. They're not like complete ninjas about it where they just break in and take it. <laughs> oh, I just told a really bad joke, but it was great. I love the corny jokes in this. Is this where you want me to stand, boss? Oh, is that the knucklehead? Oh, this cool. Looks like a bug. That's awesome. Oh my god, that is crazy. Yeah, I love that. Love how the controls actually look like the eyes of the spider. The controls look like a calculator. What are you talking about? I love that. I passed a test. I think I'll name it after you. Look at that knucklehead just hiding up there. I'll call it the knucklehead. That is so creepy, man. Oh, I love it. I want it. I want one. Can you believe that's Pat Fraley doing uh, Baxter's voice? I can believe it's Baxter's voice more than I can believe him doing Casey Jones. You know, I just... I, I know, what a range. That is so crazy, just like just the depth of talent that that guy's got. Man. Oh, no kidding. Cut him down and let's go. Doing Casey Jones's voice. I should have said it like that. Never mind. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know what you But I think we've been spotted. It's that fly again. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Um, Shredder kind of being the snake that he is. So Baxter gets mutated. He finds a way to get out of there. Uh, and goes to confront Shredder, and Shredder's like, no, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it was those turtles. So, uh, Baxter's been kind of played a little bit. Well, you know, that is kind of a plot hole. How does Baxter not know that it was Shredder's fault that this all happened? I like that. Gosh, that looks awesome. Love that sound effect, too. That must be a huge van, man. Yeah, they, they got a run and go as they jumped out of there. This <laughs> Shredder's actually driving a bus. So. <laughs> oh, nice deflection. Yeah, that is not that's not Rocksteady's fault. We didn't know he was gonna do that. The swords actually didn't break this time around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, his swords break like every third episode too. Yeah. Oh man. So Baxter shot him out of that blimp. How are you going to crash with the glider? There you go. Oh. Real smooth landing, Leonardo. Uh-oh. 
We've got company. They landed in medieval times, apparently. Yes. Look at those buildings. It's a famous landmark. Yeah, Shredder and those goons will really trash it. Some villains have no appreciation for fine architecture. Oh yeah, they actually did. Okay, so yeah, they're talking about it. They're talking about like the castles and stuff that are there. That's cool. Oh, they hey, put their gloves on real quick. Remember those suction cups I told you how to pack? <laughs> no. I told you you'd thank me one day. Okay, this is the dumbest thing. Like, blimps go like four miles an hour. How are they <laughs> They're never gonna get us. And you know what? Don't even try to aim for them. Shoot the blimp. Shoot the blimp. I'm surprised <laughs> the blimp hasn't popped yet. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a good cow bunker. How high up were they? What, were they going up? What was going on there? Because <laughs> they were like 30 feet up uh, above the ground, and then all of a sudden, when they needed to be, they were like 400 feet above the ground. <laughs> I know I'm ruining the episode for everybody. I'm I was sorry. Gonna say, I said, that, that's something you would get on to me for saying. That is one thing that I wanted to ask you, Rob. Did they ever actually make a, a turtle glider toy, or was it like just just the turtle blunt? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. Did the, the glider come with the... The, gl the glider was part of the blimp. You could oh, okay. attach the actual blimp, and you would have the glider there. You see, unfortunately, the I never had really it. Cool. it had, the glider was the. Uh, I thought the turtle blimp was was just like you just like blow like you just like blow it up, and that's just like like just the turtle blimp. I, I didn't know it had the uh, the glider on it. Yeah, you you would blow up the actual blimp part of it, and you would attach it to the glider, oh, and you cool. could attach it too. Always cool. wanted that, man. That's one I never had. What about you guys? I had never it. had the growing oh. up. There, that slime ball will probably use everything from flamethrowers to nuclear warheads. You're right, Raphael, but I have an idea how to even things up. That's it. Make sure you cover those electrodes. Are you? I like how Baxter's just work? flying in circles. <laughs> I, was, I was seeing the same thing. <laughs> he must throw up all the time. <laughs> it's like one set of wings is longer than the other, and he just keeps going in a circle. <laughs> I have to say, man, I do love his design. I love the way he looks. Oh, his Especially those big awesome. red eyes. Yeah. yeah. His toy was a little bit different. He had this big lab coat on. You know, he's one figure I never had as a kid. I never had Baxter either. I, I can never find him anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't see him much either, like in the wild. I know. Um, have the the modern one. What's that? Do you have the modern one? The one that came out a couple years ago? Uh, oh, um, yes, yes I do. The one where he's in the big suit. Mm -hmm. Well, there's that one, but they also, 
I think last year, or maybe it was, well, yeah, last year now, but, like, last year they... Oh, they did, uh, yeah, they did the one where he's, like, the, the actual fly, yeah. Yeah, oh, they released no, that, I don't one. Have that one. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have that one, um... I know, uh... I know, like, my my cousin, Jonathan, he, he used to have the, uh, the dirtbag toy from the 87 line, and then my brother had the, uh, the Triceraton, but yeah, I can never find Bax, like, the original Baxter in stores growing up as a kid. Yeah. Wow, Splinter showed up! <laughs> it's remarkable what one can do when one is forced to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great! It's remarkable what one can do when one is forced to. Well, what do you know? Baxter, get that clap! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh my god. He just got zapped. Time to retreat. Hey, for us. Awesome shooting, Master Splitter. Especially for someone who doesn't believe in violence. <laughs> Did you see him blush? Oh, that was great. Alright, so now they're gonna get the potion from the Gazai plant to heal Ape. Hey. You know what's crazy is uh, what's crazy is like they're making this big fit about April breathing in the the vapors of that plant, so they had to go find this other plant and ground it up and make a potion, have her drink it, so we can reverse the effects of the poison from that one plant. But Irma sniffed that stuff right before April did. Yeah, you know, that's right. About her. I know one cares about her. <laughs> like Irma's dying in her apartment right now. She's like she's gonna be you know forever alone. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, I was hoping you'd say that. It leaves more for me. So that's uh Here's pizza with, with tomato. It looks like there's no cheese on that pizza. Oh, well, geez. if you, you know what, I've had deep dish pizza uh, before. I'm, it's not like this everywhere, but like, they, there's some rest pizza restaurants that I put sauce on top of the, uh, oh, yeah. the top underneath the sauce. It's really good that way. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had it, but I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really good. Next time you see it, you should probably try it. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Sounds good. Maybe we should close our show with that here in a minute. Oh yeah, some <laughs> deep dish uh, sauce and cheese yes. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> good. Well, guys, what'd you think of that episode? Uh, for me personally, I I really liked it. Uh, I thought there were uh, some really fun one-liners in it. <laughs> oh, I'm watching a Pokemon preview now. Uh, I know. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> I gotta turn that crap off, man. <laughs> My kids uh, are so into Pokemon. I'm so tired of Pokemon. Oh, man. you don't like Pokemon? I, lo I love them. No, I don't like Pokemon. Oh, you do. You do. I like turn. No, I don't. Shut up. Don't you, tell me what I like. like. You like collecting. <laughs> you got to catch them all. I want to be the, the very, very best. best. <laughs> like no one was before. You know? See, he knows. He knows it. So, uh, so what about you, Hosers? Did you like this particular episode? I thought it was really good. Um, this is one of my personal favorites from season two. Uh, really good Baxter episode, and like like Josh said, you do kind of feel sorry for him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it was it was kind of cool seeing Splinter show up in the in the turtle van at the end. That was a really good moment. Uh, overall, I'll probably probably give this about about an eight out of ten. I thought this was a uh, solid episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I would give it about an eight too. Yeah, it's it was solid. Probably not the best episode of season two so far, um, but. It's still a memorable episode, uh, and this is again one of the earlier ones for me. So, what about you, Jose? Man, you know, I I like how I just answered a Jose now. Um, <laughs> so, 
two years now. That's what I might as well. Yeah, yeah you. That's um, a term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, that was a bunch of jokes I shouldn't say. Anyway, um, <laughs> like that's, that's what my mom used to call me. Hey, get over here. Oh, oh, okay, hey, Josh, how you doing? Dang it. <laughs> There's, uh, there's our first cowabunga of the new year. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Had to get it in long. there. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I Honestly, I have not seen this episode since I was probably seven or eight years old or however old we figured out I was when this show came on. But, man, this was – I was surprised how much I was – I mean, I was kind of talking a little bit of guff about it, but I was really into it. It was yeah. really cool. It was funny, man. I really liked it. It was a good indication as to where the Ninja Turtles kind of went, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. the last three seasons got a little bit, got a lot more serious, actually. <laughs> but, um, like, in between seasons two and seven, like, the Turtles were just kind of, not slapsticky, but, like, mm-hmm. when they went to that greenhouse and they're just wearing coveralls, just out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're wearing overalls. They did stuff like that all the time, and we just all accepted it. And you know, it's it's just cool that they had just the confidence to do stuff like that. Just to be like, whatever. They're it's called Ninja Turtles. They can do whatever, you know. So I got to give this, I got to give this like an eight because I have I have to give it an eight. It's close. I want to give it a ten because it's really funny. But they just let Irma die, you know. <laughs> Irma's dead. <laughs> they let Irma die at the end, and Irma's my girl, man. Come on, she's she's really cool. You know, give her a chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, she's one that needs to show up in... She's not in ID, IDW yet, is she? I was actually just about to mention that. I, I was like, man, Irma's not in IDW, is she? No, not at all. Yes. It'd be it'd be really cool if she showed up. Yeah, there's so many characters that, you know, just like... Ace Duck needs to get his own series, by the way. You know? Come on. <laughs> just gonna throw that out there again. I know he showed up, but like... I know that she was in the 2012 series, but uh, she turned out to be Crank Subprime, uh, voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, God, I hated that. Uh, uh. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. That was how, dude, how crazy was that when they do the crossover episode with the 88 Turtles? And he sees, he sees uh, Pat Fraley's crank, and he calls him a stupid dingleberry. I was like, what? How did they get away with calling him that? <laughs> in a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> oh, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised, yeah. How did that not get cowabunga? But I do every week, you know? Come on. <laughs> well, it is you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. I knew the answer when I said the question. Uh, sure, sure. Sure. <laughs> Well, uh, well, all right, guys. Hey, that wraps up another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes. Uh, yeah. You know, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys um, uh, so much for all the support over the years. Really excited to kickstart this year. And I guess the next episode will be our interview with Partners in Crime. I, I believe so. Or, no, actually, no, I'm wrong on that. I think it's um, – let me pull up my show notes again. I'm sorry. Uh, our next episode will be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. What do you think our next episode should be? <laughs> Please uh, type in suggestions. So. <laughs> I got my guideline in. I think we're returning to the 2003 era next episode. So let me double check to see what comics we're on. I think I wrote it down. Episode we should be on. Category. We should be on like issue 10 of volume 4. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Okay. Looks like it's, um. ooh, good stuff here, uh, Mr. T. You'll appreciate this. The cartoon we're going to be covering for the next episode will be from the 2003 season. It's season one, episode 12, The Shredder Strikes Part 2. 
So there you go. Ooh. Um, and then, uh, no, oh, take off. You like that sorry, last episode. Sorry, sorry. You like it. Just like <laughs> when Pokemon. are we starting to do next mutation? That's what I want to know. When are we doing that? Oh, jeez. How can you? How can you like the next mutation more than two thousand three series? I well, never. Think I did. Well, I just accept one more. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's the reason. The reason why Josh doesn't like the 2003 series is because when when the 2003 series came out, he was in the he was enlisted in the military, so he didn't really have any like nostalgia with it. So, you know like, what, that you know what that is, you're you're not wrong because like me and Rob actually talked about that. Like he loved like he was in high school when it came out. Yeah, like he's like yeah, more Ninja Turtles, and I remember like. I was getting shot at in the desert when this show came out. I was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, that's so, true. I understand. That makes sense. I was like, I was apparently I was already almost thirty. You know, I had a bad smoking habit, and you know, just family drama. You know, just I don't have time for turtles. You know, so I remember telling Rob that I was like walking down an aisle at Walmart, and I saw Ninja Turtle action figures. I was like, oh, good for them. You know, <laughs> still doing it. I was actually going to ask you: Was uh, was Turtles Forever the first episode that you watched of the 2003 series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh good wow. Yeah, I, I kind of worked my way backwards. That's, yeah. that's, that that could be the reason why Rob. Maybe he just saw the series. From from the <laughs> you know, well, see, <laughs> no, I, really, that. Really, I really like Turtles Forever, though. I I think that's that's yeah. one of the best uh, animated shows of Ninja Tur- episodes of Ninja Turtles ever. I yeah. think. Especially finding out like what they had to go through to get that on the air, mm-hmm. like how pretty much all the animators and the voice talent, how they pretty much all worked for free because Fox yeah. didn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope that um, Isaac Elliott Fisher. And, uh, I hope maybe when we talk to him, maybe he can kind of give us a clue if they've talked about that particular. I guess you could call it a movie. Yeah, I mean it's basically a movie. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I'd love to know the backstory of that. I'm sure there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And also, I'd love to learn why you know the original voice actors couldn't couldn't be on it because I know they were certainly interested in doing. Oh, that. it was, it was because they they couldn't get couldn't, paid. Yeah, right. Probably couldn't afford them. Yeah, yeah. which sound which yeah. sounds crazy. You know, it sounds you don't want to you don't want that to be true. But like you really think about it. I mean, like that that is your job. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's your livelihood. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, you can't fault them that. No, of course not. You know, no, I, I get that. I certainly don't. So no, no, you. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think I commenting on what Thaddeus said, I was like, yeah, I, I did watch Turtles Forever first. And then I just kind of worked my way backwards. But I, I still had the same problems, even with Turtles Forever. It's like, I still think Raphael's kind of trying too hard. I think that. What are you I talking think case, about? I know, right? Yeah. You, you, what are you doing <laughs> over here? You know, I do think that. I think that Casey Jones is kind of an idiot. And. Ah. There's never been an interpretation outside of 2003 where Casey Jones has been a moron, but in, in that cartoon, he's kind of just a dimwit. Okay, well, but not even not even like the lovable kind, like Forrest Gump or something like that. You know, he's just he's just kind of dumb. Well, well wait of- a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, first of all, <laughs> which 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 do you prefer prefer more, the 2012 Casey Jones or the 2003 Casey Jones? Oh, 2012, man. Oh, really? Oh, wow. yeah. Even though even though I don't like. I don't like his look. I don't care for his character design because I don't think Casey Jones should be like an 18 year old. I think he should be a little bit older, but like to keep it in line with the story and all the other characters. Yeah. They, they kind of had to make him that age, but like, yeah, I certainly liked him. I mean, like he was a guy who wasn't, 
he was kind of a hothead, but he was only really a hothead because other people made him that way. Like, right. He was, I mean, he became a, he became Casey Jones to keep his sister safe. That's like a dropped line in his first episode that he appeared in and that nobody seems to remember. But like, he said that he wanted to keep his sister safe. And I don't think you ever saw his sister once, but like, ah. that was why he became Casey Jones, hockey mask wielding vigilante, you know? Yeah. So like, I can get behind that. Casey Jones in the 2003 series is just like, just like this is what all dudes are like. Just oh. he's a dude. He's a, he's a dude, bro. You he's know, not a dude, bro. He's an Old Spice commercial, man. Come oh, on. Oh, now you're just being rude. Power. You know, I will say this about Casey Jones, though. I do, I do like how IDW's handling him because I think for. I think the IDW version is like the definitive version, other than the first movie. I really like. I'm with you. How they're handling. And his like relationship with April. Yeah, and I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's realistic. Dad. It's it's a really realistic relationship. Like they're broken up. I don't know about right now, but like for the time being, as of last time I read, they were broken up because he's just kind of having a hard time. I was like, that kind of stuff happens. Like those two obviously yeah. love each other, but they just can't be together right now. I was like, no, that happens a right. lot. Man. And I like that Hans's like, uh, dad, and I also like that the dynamic between between him and um, uh, nobody. Yeah, yeah, Angel. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah that, they have like a sibling relationship there. Yeah, it's yeah, really, really cool. Like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what I was going to ask you, Josh, is I mean you've not seen a lot of you've not seen the entire series of 2003, no. right? No, I'm I'm not even going to pretend that I have. No, okay. I, there's a lot about that that it's still got plenty of time to win me over. That's what I'm thinking. You know, but just, I've probably collectively I've probably seen about two seasons worth of every season. You know, I've seen a couple episodes here, a couple episodes there, because it's mostly, this is when I watched 2003, because my my babies, uh, Isaac and Grayson, they really love the 2003 series specifically. So they'll just open up the DVD shelf and just pull one out and, okay, well, we'll watch this until one of them falls asleep. And then <laughs> I'm watching it in between, like, you know, doing dishes or housework or, you know, writing or whatever, and I'll look up from my computer and see it, and it's cool. And they really, I the reason I like what I like about it so much is what my kids like about it. You know, it's just there's they don't care. It's just Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You know, they <laughs> they haven't grown up and been like, well, you know what this really needs is a strong injection of character. They don't do anything <laughs> simple and stupid like I say. You know, <laughs> but like that that's the great thing about pretty much anything Ninja Turtles is just that. Do you like it? Well, it's done its job then. Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. In the, yeah. in the when it's all stripped down to uh, the bare bones here, mm-hmm. it's the Ninja Turtles. We we are gonna like it. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's you know what, and Thaddeus, you you were right. Like the, the IDW comics is, I I would argue uh, that that is the best comic book interpret, probably the best interpretation of the Ninja Turtles we've ever seen. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. for me, it's not the interpretation because that's the cartoon, the old cartoon. But, like, the IDW comics is the best, at least the best animated series that's ever been out. Or the best comic book that's been out there, you know. And I was going to say animated series because as as excited as I am for Rise of the Ninja Turtles, I was thinking the other day, I kind of wish they would just adapt the, the IDW cartoon. Because that's already uh, I, like five seasons worth of cartoons. And, and the thing that got me about that was the same people that worked on... Um, the Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, Airbender series to do like the the fight scenes. 
I think yeah. it'll be really cool because like the art, even the art style is like really similar to uh, the IDW, like um, like General Io of of the uh, the Fire Nation looks looks a lot like uh, yeah, Amato Yoshi and the IDW comics. So I think that like that that team could uh, you know help animate it, but. Uh, well, the the art director of Rise of the Ninja Turtles is the guy that created Samurai Jack. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, like they are they know what they're doing, man. Mm-hmm. You know they they've got they've got a great pedigree working on it, and then Rob Paulson being the voice voice director. Oh, and yeah, huge. That new that new season, you know, it's it's. I'm gonna say I I'm gonna guarantee that first episode at least is gonna be awesome. I don't know about everything else, but I'm gonna guarantee that first episode is gonna be great, and the toys are probably gonna look cool. Yeah, no matter what, we'll yeah. be watching it. We'll be there. Yeah, we'll yeah. be there. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Well, hey, I could think that. Ah, jeez, so much for shorter episodes, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm long-winded. I'm sorry. No, so. me too. Though we'll, we'll figure this out, man. It, it was good content. You, you can't you can't cut good content. Or yeah, when it, when what we're talking when we're talking about a high caliber subject. That's what I'm saying. Like not us talking is the good content. What we read, <laughs> and what we watched. That's the good content. When you're as as we are, man. You just got to let it happen. You just got to <laughs> let. It- <laughs> Absolutely. So. uh so, guys, I guess the question we all want to know is what type of pizza are we going to have to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? Oh, Ooh, I, I know. I know. Oh, okay. Well, okay, drop first. I know. Just uh, just in the spirit of New Year's, you know, I've got to try new things here. Ah. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw down the gauntlet and I'm going to try some stupid Hawaiian pizza. What? So, yeah. Wow! You heard I it here. Never thought I'd hear this. <laughs> okay, yeah, he was that he said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try it. I'm probably not gonna like it, but oh, I'm doing it for the it. listeners because they're all gonna be like, "You gotta like pineapple on your pizza." It's like, well, I don't like fruit pizza. All right. Oh. Yeah. No. But yeah, like, yeah, that's a yeah. <laughs> you can add to it. I might make it better. Uh, you, you're a fan of pep- uh, pepper jack cheese, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, dude, do you like your cheese in there or something like that? Yeah. Apple and ham, like that. That would be like right up your alley. Like I think you'd enjoy that. Yes, All right, yeah, I'm there. I'm with for, you. Uh, for me, this is actually one of my favorite frozen pizzas. It's uh, it's a uh, freschetta, uh, brick oven st- style pizza, and it, and it has uh, roasted mushrooms, spinach, and mozzarella cheese, and then the sauce is like a a white. A white uh, mozzarella Alfredo sauce. Yeah, it's Alfredo. Yeah, mm. I've had that pizza. I had that pizza last week, man. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Sounds great. Freshetta's great. is like my favorite frozen pizza, man. Oh man, and I'm gonna try to. What can I add to it? Oh, you know what? The lady made some uh, chocolate chip cookies. So you know what? I'm gonna put cookies on top of this thing. Chocolate chip okay. cookie pizza. That's right. <laughs> That's pizza, man. Yeah. That's... Is cookie pizza just a giant cookie? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Sounds good. So we're gonna have one big cookie. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh, jeez, Josh, that's like that's five now. You can that one in. You Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wow, I got a lot here uh, that I got to remember. So, okay. All right, dudes, you do that. Well, here's you the... had to write down what time it was. To... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I need. I need to start doing that. Like, write down every moment you've cussed. I'm like, okay, I gotta. Yeah, Joshisms nine four two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, have like a little tally sheet too. That'd uh, be funny. 
It's like, man, I, just, I tell you what, later on in the year, he just started cussing more and more. <laughs> Six, <laughs> almost five cowabungas. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, uh, all right, dudes who do that. Well, here's to hoping you enjoy your bruschetta. Uh, what was it? Uh, bruschetta, pepper, oh, mushroom um, cheese. Yes, brick oven, pepper jack, cheese, Hawaiian mushroom, spinach, mozzarella, Alfredo, cookie pizza. Cowabunga, <laughs> dudes. Cowabunga. Oh, God. We apologize. Yeah. You're probably going to die after this. We're going to have your Imodium pizza here, so that's what it's going to be. Oh, well... And then she wakes up, and she walks out into the living room, and she starts writing a journal. Man, there's a cat over here dying or something. Yeah. Is that ninja? Shut up! So, anyway. So, but there is a... Sorry about that. I love cats. I do. Um, I, I was trying to think of a cat on but I got no. Yeah, old hob, whatever. 